We are in the middle of a series called Influencer. And we're talking about what to do with the influence we have. Now, when we think about the word influencer, we probably think about people who are famous or have huge social media followings. Those people can absolutely re reach a lot of people at once. But one of the truths that we're wrestling with throughout this series is is the reality that regardless of the scope of our influence, regardless of how many people follow us, regardless of the number of followers on social media, or even the people in our lives, we are all people of influence because we all have the ability to make an impact on the lives around us. And we know that we're people who wanna make an impact on lives around us because when, we, when we're confronted with the pain of life, that's going on around us. We see a friend that's hurting or a family member that's down and out. We have this internal desire to make an impact, to change how they think, to change how they feel, and even sometimes to change how they act. And so we want to be people of influence. But in, in being people of influence, we need to seek to be influencers in the right way. Now, here's this picture I want you to take a quick look at. This is something you've probably seen before. It's something, in fact, that if you were out walking around today in the rain, you would have seen over and over and over again. It's a simple drop of water going into a pool of water. And you'll notice what happens when a drop of water goes in. It creates this ripple. And it goes out and out and out, further and further away from where the drop actually hits the water. And what we see when we look closely at it is that the impact from that drop hitting the water is greatest exactly where it hit. You see that the things that are closest to the drop are what is impacted the most. And the further away from where the drop hits, the further away from where it enters the water, the impact gets less and less and less. True influence True influence goes hand in hand with being up close and personal with the people around us. Proximity creates influence for good and for bad. Now, I want you to think about three circles of influence around you. Those, there's this inner circle, this middle circle, and this outer circle. The people closest to us, this is the ripple where we have the most impact. Uh, in, inside of this ripple are people who are most likely to be affected by our actions, our decisions, and words. Inside this ripple could include parents or caregivers, siblings, brothers, sisters, some family, and, and maybe even best friends. Now, now, the people in the next ripple out, these are people that you talk to often, but not as often as the people who are in that center circle, that center ripple. This, this should be full of people who are a part of your community. Now, you have a large impact in this ripple, but not nearly as much as you have in that inner ripple, that center ripple. Now, in this, in this middle one, it might include some friends or neighbors, classmates, teammates, and, and extended family. And I want you to think about the people in the outermost ripples. These are the people that you interact with occasionally or, or from a distance. This ripple is probably full of people who are part of your wider community. These, these, these are people you have an impact on, but not as much as you have in the other two ripples. This, this could include acquaintances, classmates, uh, different teammates, friends of friends, younger classmates, uh, maybe friends of your brother and sister or siblings. 
maybe even social media followers. So as we've, we've thought through these relationships and ripples, I just want you to keep this in the back of your mind as we continue talking, understanding, understanding that you will have the greatest impact in those lives that are closest to you. Now, if you want to, you could open your Bible to Matthew 5. Matthew 5 will be in verse 14. And, and as we think about influence, I, I want to look at a really powerful image that talks about how our influence can shine like a light for others. In this passage of Scripture we're about to read, Jesus is in the middle of preaching a sermon to a crowd of people who had gathered to hear him teach. Matthew 5, 14 through 16. You are the light of the world. A city situated on a hill cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket, but rather on a lampstand, and it gives light for all who are in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Light is really hard to miss in the darkness. Have you been on the road at night? If you've had, you've probably seen at least one incredibly tall sign from this fast food restaurant. When you see those giant signs light up the night sky, it's impossible not to notice. Now, light like those fast food signs, you wouldn't be able to miss a well-lit city on top of a hill. And in the same way, you cannot miss the influence of someone whose life clearly reflects the light of Jesus. In this passage, it's clear that our light is meant to influence. Our light is meant to be seen by people both near and far. We let that light shine every time We let Jesus transform us more and more into his image. The more we look like Jesus, the brighter our light shines. We let our light shine when we help people in need. When we do the works of Jesus, helping those who can't help themselves, helping those who are down and out, we let our light shine. We let our light shine when we share wisdom, true wisdom. We let our light shine when we teach people how to find the way to truth. Light always shows the way. And when we help people find the way to truth, when we help people find the way to Jesus, we're letting our light shine. We let our light shine every time we share the story of Jesus and how he has changed us. When our students stand on the stage and they give personal testimony about what God has done in their lives, they're letting their light shine. Anytime we point people to Jesus, we're letting our light shine. And we let our light shine when we ultimately seek to do so much good that God receives glory for it. The good works of a Christian bring glory to God. Now, we all have an ability to be a light that shines in the darkness. That's what influencers do. So what I want you to do right now is I want you to close your eyes, and I want you to envision yourself in each of the following scenarios. Now, if you've ever watched TV, in an extended series or anything like that, there's some shows out there, and a lot of times this popped up in the 90s, when it's just flashbacks to old episodes. They literally create a full episode out of little snippets and, and sections from old episodes. And so there's no storyline. It's just these little snapshots, these pictures of what has occurred. And so I want you to think like that right now. Think about what it would be like Envision yourself in each and every one of these situations. 
Romans 12, 9 through 21. Let love be without hypocrisy. Detest evil. Cling to what is good. Envision in your mind what it would look like for you to cling to what is good. Verse 10, love one another deeply as brothers and sisters. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not lack diligence and zeal. Be fervent in the spirit. Serve the Lord. Verse 12, rejoice in hope. Be patient in affliction. Be persistent in prayer. When I think of this idea of being persistent in prayer, I envision myself down on my knees. You see, the reality is I don't always pray on my knees. In fact, the majority of the time I pray, I'm not on my knees. 2% or so of the time, one out of 50 prayers actually comes from the position of on my knees. But when I think about what it would look like to be persistent in prayer, I envision myself calling on God from a position of humility down on my knees. Share with the saints, verse 13, share with the saints in their needs. Pursue hospitality. What would it look like for you to pursue hospitality? Envision these things. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Who is it that it, you can even come to, that it comes to mind right now that you could go weep with the person who's weeping? Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud. Instead, associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own estimation. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Give careful thought to do what is honorable in everyone's eyes. If possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Friends, do not avenge yourselves. Instead, leave room for God's wrath because it is written, Vengeance belongs to me. I will repay, says the Lord. But I want you to envision yourself doing these things. If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For in doing so, you will be heaping fiery coals on his head. Do not be conquered by evil. Envision yourself with this last statement. But conquer evil with good. Living this kind of life, living this kind of life would shine a light so bright. The person who lives a life like this sticks out because if we actually lived out these types of things, we would be so different from the world around us, we could not help but stick out. And that's the point. When we receive these lists in Scripture of all these good things to do, it's not God just heaping on the demands. It's providing very practical ways to live out being light in the world. This is the kind of person God wants us to be. And if we're honest with ourselves, it's the kind of person we really want to be. But we can't do it alone. We have to help one another. The Bible has so much to say about how we can influence each other for good and be a light in dark places. One passage really sticks out, though. Hebrews 10, 24, and 25. And let us watch out for one another to provoke to love and good works, not neglecting to gather together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging each other and all the more as you see the day approaching. There are a few reasons to be at church every week. Seriously, there, there are so many other places you can be. And so when it when it when it when we walk out of church and it feels like it was a waste of time, it can be easy to book our weekends with other things. But when we read Hebrews 10, it should remind us that there are actually major things to accomplish every time we meet. It tells us that we are to watch out for one another. We intentionally look out for one another so that no one and nothing is missed. And so if, if, if on a Sunday or a Wednesday when we gather together, people are, le are left out 
and things are missed in their lives, like we don't have a concern for what's going on in their world, then, then we're really not doing church. We encourage love and good works. And so instead of asking the question, hey, what good things did you do last week? Some of the questions we should ask on a Sunday or Wednesday are, hey, what, what are some good things you did last week? And also, here are some things I think you should try. Like I've seen in your life some opportunities to do good, and here's some of the ones I see that are probably right in front of you. And, and next week I'm going to ask you how that went. Because I'm not only going to encourage you to do good, I'm going to make sure that you did. You see, when we start asking questions like that, when we start encouraging one another to good works, we're actually living out the Christian walk because we can't do it alone. We leverage our proximity in the church to help those closest to us love better and bring God more glory. If you want to be an influencer, you have to harness the power of proximity. The people closest to you need you, and you need them. You have wisdom to share with your closest ripple of community, and they have wisdom to share with you. Now, you, you are already an influencer, but the question is, what kind of influence are you making on the people who are closest to you? And so as an influencer, dream big by remembering that the ripples of your influence can reach far and wide. But think small. By focusing the greatest amount of your time, your energy, and your passion on influencing the people who are closest to you. To be an influencer, live small and dream big. Now, in the early 1900s, there was this inventor named George de Mestrel. And he took his dog out for a walk. When he got home, George noticed that he and his dog were both covered in thistles. So fascinated by these small, pokey pieces of plant, George immediately began inspecting the burrs under his microscope. He found that the seed pods were covered in many tiny hooks, which allowed them to grab the soft loops in the fabric of his pants. George decided to create a two-sided fastener, one side with small hooks and the other loops, which has now become known as Velcro. George's invention is now used all over the world for thousands, if not millions of jobs. George probably never dreamed that one day he'd create something that would serve and influence astronauts hundreds of thousands of miles away. But because he paid attention to something small, he made a big difference. Now, if you want to learn to live small in order to have big influence, you have to start by noticing the small things around you that make a really big difference. And it's the really small things that are so easy to miss. And so to make a big impact, you have to be willing to live small. It means that, that living as though that even the smallest actions at home or at school or those that are closest to you are the actions that actually matter the most. You may have opportunities to impact millions with something you say, how you act or who you are, but we rarely see those moments coming. 
In one moment, your ripple could reach an entire nation. It's happened. It's happened for a lot of leaders and teachers, activists, influencers, celebrities throughout history, and it could happen for you too. The world's a big place, and and some of you may have the opportunity to impact it in big ways, but, but some influencers get so caught up in, in reaching out to the people in their outermost ripples that they miss the influence they already have on the people who are closest to them. So when we treat every person, every opportunity, and every potential chance to influence someone like it really matters, that's when we can become the influencers we were created to be. To be an influencer, live small, and dream big. So I want to give you three small actions that may end up being huge in your life. Number one, read the word daily on your own. Read your Bible every day on your own. Never underestimate what God can do in your life over a lifetime. I think sometimes we have this idea that we have to grow spiritually in these huge leaps and bounds as if there's one magic thing that we can do where we give all of our effort all at once and we'll just take this huge leap of faith and grow spiritually. But but the reality is the Lord works day in and day out in our lives, calling us to Him, and we are conformed more and more to His image as we spend more and more time with Him. And so one small thing, which will make a big difference, is to read the Word daily on your own. Now, we have some resources to help you out with that. We're, we really want you to read the Bible every single day, and so we have a devotion that, that is put out every month And in the near future, we're going to have an additional devotion that our students are writing that goes along with what we're talking about on Wednesday night so you can dive in a little bit deeper. But but we have these things out there so you can read the Bible every single day on your own. Second, talk regularly and meaningfully with your parents every day. Speak regularly and meaningfully with your parents every single day. You will never regret the investment you make into the relationship with the people, the parents, the guardians, whoever it is that's the adult in your home. You will never regret growing that relationship every single day. Now, as as a dad, I can tell you, there are days that go by that when I'm going to bed, I realize that I've had no meaningful interaction with my kids. Now, sometimes my kids are little, and so I have the freedom to do this. Sometimes that means like I tell Shauna, hey, I'm sorry, I didn't, I didn't talk to Noah today. I didn't really talk to Micah today. I didn't talk to Lydia. I didn't talk to Judah. Hey, I'm going to go get them out of their bed and hang out for a little bit. And we go back and forth. It's like, oh, they're going to wake up, and they're going to be up for a long time. And I'm like, yeah, 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 I know, but I don't, want let, I don't want today to go by without meaningful interaction with my kid. I guarantee you. I guarantee you that the people who raised you want to spend meaningful time with you. But something happens as kids grow up. It gets harder and harder to spend meaningful time because lives get busier and busier and busier. And it feels like the things we fill our lives with are more important. But the reality is 
small investments every day to that relationship will pay off huge over the course of our lifetime. Every day, do everything you can to speak, talk in a meaningful way with the adults in your home. And then finally, this is maybe the most challenging one, I want to challenge you, number three, to confess to your closest Christian friend where you're struggling with sin. Confess with your closest Christian friend where you're struggling with sin. And if you want to take it a step further, talk to it, talk about it with your mentor, with your small group leader, or your parent, someone who will speak truth in your life. When we confess even the littlest of sins and we seek to run away from what we know doesn't honor God, we prevent major disasters in life. You see, the reality is nobody, nobody goes into a marriage thinking, I want to wreck this marriage. And nobody goes into a marriage and says, oh, one little sin is going to wreck it. Now, you see, the deceptiveness of sin is that little things add up to big things. But if we will confess even the littlest of sin and address it in our life, we can prevent major disaster. Your lives will be better. If you confess to your closest friend, Christian friend, or mentor, or small group leader, where you are straying from God. To be an influencer. To be somebody who impacts this world in the name of Jesus. Live small, but dream big.